This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Hello and welcome to the second editor's podcast for the Ferris State Fire Pit produced by The Torch by Bulldog Radio. It's always a mouthful. Okay, so I'm Marissa Russell. I'm the Lifestyles Editor and the Podcast Manager, and I'm joined by two editorial staff and an advisor today. So, introduce y'all. All right, I'm Kaylin Johnson. I'm the Managing Copy Editor. I'm Cora Hall, the Editor-in-Chief. I'm Garrett Stack. I'm the advisor. He's our very special guest today. You've probably heard about us talk a lot about him on here before. Garrett, why don't you tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself? Uh, <laughs> I'm a, uh, a fourth-year faculty in the Department of, talk about a mouthful, English, Literature, and World Languages, and uh, the advisor for the Torch Student Newspaper. The best newspaper ever. I think our first question was kind of about you had twins during almost during the pandemic, like right before. So you had pandemic babies. How has that been? It's just super. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It's been a. It's been a year. I think everybody had a weird year, uh, and I'm no exception to the rule. But uh, they were a little premature because twins usually are, and so by the time we got out of like the NICU and we're home, then the pandemic hit. I think I had one week where I was back to campus, and then everything kind of shut down again. So um, I've just been sort of locked in a in a not glass box of full emotion um for for a full year and uh now that things are clearing up and the weather's better it's kind of night and day so it it's been uh it, it's been all right there are, there are pros and cons i think to having little kids during time like this mm-hmm. i got to i got to be a much more present father probably than most people do when they're um in their first year but maybe a little too much presence is that such a thing yeah there's probably a little too much fathering going on so it'll be nice to take a small step back thank you you. do you guys want to talk about twitter now because i think we're all pretty big fans of garrett's twitter and i'm just a fan of twitter in general but Mm -hmm. what goes through your head when you tweet out these like crazy (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna be honest with you there's no premeditation to it. It's, I think you guys are giving me way too much credit. And it's not just like a thought that I have in the shower that I then tweet out like three minutes later. Um, a, a lot of a lot of the the Twitter things are are things that don't fit for for other mediums. Uh, oh, let me explain myself. Uh, w- when you when you write a bunch. Um, you like I've, I've got notebooks and like a note thing on my phone and a bunch of notebooks where I write things down and and you write down anything that comes to you and so um, lots of things eventually make it in that I write down randomly to fiction or poetry or, or research or something like that and then some stuff just doesn't have a pile <laughs> and this is all the stuff that doesn't fit anywhere else like I can't I won't steal from one thing or another so everything has like a slot and so until i had twitter i would just like be the guy who said weird things at parties and now i'm the guy who says weird things on twitter and it's since about three people 
hear it it's still the same amount of people who hear it at parties but now there's like a <laughs> now i can't pretend that i didn't say it because there's a there's a record screenshots of are forever yeah. <laughs> i'm proud that i haven't gone back and deleted anything yet so it's more than some professors yeah, here can say <laughs> mr thomas brennan i'm just gonna call right out <laughs> i don't what if i, I ever care name names here <laughs> Yeah, I, if, if I started thinking about Twitter as a, as a whole to shout into, somebody should let me know. That I'll I, let you know. Yeah. Are you going to follow me back when I graduate? Yeah, that's oh, my rule. Yes. That's my rule of thumb. I won't, I won't follow anybody who hasn't graduated yet. So. I think it was close. my favorite part, though, was when you found my tweet at the beginning of the year, and I was like, it was syllabus week on Zoom, which is just terrible. And I was like, anyone ever feel like your entire class could have been an email? And you responded, and you were like, ever feel like none of your students read your emails? <laughs> and I was like, how did you find me? Oh, yes. <laughs> I see you all out there. It just I think this is like the same thing with listening to these things. I'm listening. You know? <laughs> just don't, don't think that you're, you're speaking to no one. We... And that's the other thing about the internet, right? Is that we don't, you don't think that people are, are reading it. You just think it's like you and the people who are, you know, are, are liking things. But there's a huge trove of people out there who read your stuff and don't comment on anything. It, have you ever looked at like the analytics for tweets or anything? Yes, like that? All, all the time. time. It's that's crazy. Yeah. It's like hundreds of views. And, and I get very mad because I'm like, why couldn't you just give me a like? And like, page links and stuff. Yeah, I've got like a cousin who likes one in ten things. It's like, I know you see those, Mikey. If you're listening to this, Mikey, I know you read my tweets. Throw some likes out there. <laughs> Mikey. Yeah, no, actually, like, Twitter and it looks really fun. Not going to lie. Like, when you look at impressions, like how many times it's come across people's timelines, like, that's pretty fun sometimes. Then you got to think, like, how many of those are, like, troll bots, though? Okay, well, don't rain on my joy here. I was anxious. I've had some tweets go off. It's a good time. Just, you just divide everything in half, I think, analytics-wise. You know, I just get excited <sighs> if I get 10 likes. Oh, yeah. I've never got 10 likes. I've only gotten it, like, once or twice. But, you know, I think you definitely Someday. deserve it, though. Someday. <laughs> we'll see. I'm hoping that, like all viral things, I will dwell in <laughs> anonymity until... It starts rolling, and then all of a sudden... You're going to have one tweet that just goes that, off, and then you're going to get, like, 2,000 followers. That's what I need. That's what I, well, I need one of you to get famous and then keep retweeting that's me. That's going to be Cora. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. What in the heck? Cora, keep throwing some likes out there. Throw some, get some retweets Wait, going my way. I have a question. Famous. Oh, you don't follow us. Never mind. I was going to ask, like, if, if you saw the, the tweets that we like, because but you don't follow us, because... Nobody you know can how, like, stalk us liked tweets now show up in your timeline oh do they yeah <laughs> doesn't do you not notice that i don't know that because they... they'll like come up in your feed and no one retweeted it but it'll be like so-and-so liked it mm -hmm. so like mm. nothing is safe like you have to be careful about what you like nowadays because <laughs> it's showing up in people's timelines i feel like i have different settings i don't think i or maybe i just don't have enough followers you probably don't follow, <laughs> follow enough, people. enough people you gotta start yeah. following people my my unofficial rule of thumb is that I don't want I want to have more followers you, than people. Oh, you care me. about ratios? Well, Come I'm just, on! I'm just thinking. It's it's like you know, it, think about it like the high school cafeteria lunch table. <laughs> you want more people to want to sit at your table than you want to sit at other people's tables. 
It's huh? still the same thing. You heard it it's here still first. Dog eat dog. Garrett's a clout chaser. <laughs> he has to have more followers than he is following. <laughs> Maybe it's just that I don't think I have enough people worthy of following. I, I, now that's oh, the other thing too. Oh, <laughs> if you're if you're one of those people that retweets, like retweet to win. Oh no, that that's you not immediately it. get an unfollow. Well, but also, it's nice you can mute people because then you can still like follow people and be like, "Yeah, we're we're cool," but like no. I don't want your stuff. Might you can mute them. It's amazing. No. I'll directly say, like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll send people texts. This is how, this is my old man thing. It's like I will send you text messages and say like, "I'm sorry, but I'm not going to follow you on Twitter anymore <laughs> because you're producing no OC, and if I don't get any original content from you, then." You're not. You don't, you're not undeserving. He's gonna make sure you know. You <laughs> mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all of our criteria after we graduate. So produce original content for Garrett to follow us. That's right. You all have <laughs> creative bones in your body. Let's let's. Get I've them out been there. getting into my Twitter more. I go through like spurts where I like have like five tweets in a week. I'm like, oh, I'm so funny, and then I'll just stop. Yeah, I, I need to Twitter. actually like start tweeting more. I tweet like once every. You should like, tweet like two, lines from your poetry. No. <laughs> Speaking you of gotta poetry, be, you gotta be careful with, with sampling yeah. yourself. Because then, okay. if I ever want to get published, it's then true. they will already be technically published online. Things I don't know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of poetry, what inspires your poetry? Max Stack. Yeah, my children. <laughs> no, I, I think you know, a big life events are kind of hard to encapsulate. It's the little moments that I think are more. Um, kind of what's would be a good word for it um, like boxable because a poem is, is, is nothing but like a snapshot of something bigger and you try and, and make as clear of a snapshot as you can and as in as few words as you can and you can't be like this poem is about being a father like okay like the people have written thousand page novels where they don't strike the core of fatherhood so I'm not going to try and do that in 35 words in three stanzas but I think you can you can use little moments and experiences and impressions and connections that you see between things and and have those moments kind of stand out as as a little more representative and 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 the things that my children do are a part of that but I'm not one of those kind of confessional poets um, also I, writing about uh, ice cream truck chasing you. Yeah, yeah. Marissa's in my creative writing class right now, so I, <laughs> I had, I did for one exercise. I, I gave the class the worst thing that I've ever written, and I made it worse before I gave it to them, and then I had them fix it. And every revision was better than the original. So the the inspiration was, and it still is the worst thing that I've ever written. <laughs> I was I went for a jog, and. An ice cream truck just happened to be on the same route as my jog, and it just followed me for like an hour. And all I was trying to do was get some exercise. And this ice, and I love ice cream, and I love the ice cream truck. <laughs> and I will go in my neighborhood and be the only adult in a line of twelve kids, and I'll just be like in the middle, and so it'll be like, and I'm not letting the kids go in front of me either. So like, <laughs> when I get there, it's when I'm in line. So it'll be like four six-year-olds, and then me. Like a mountain, and then like four more six-year-olds, and I will also have like a handful of quarters, and I'm like trying to decide what I want. So when the ice cream truck was following me, all I was trying to do was like 
serpentine and like get away from it. And every turn I made, the truck followed me. It's like so. haunting you. just take like a random turn, like cut through a backyard, yeah, it just follows and you. Really, and, it, and it followed me into this park where I stopped and gave up. And I would have gotten an ice cream, but I didn't have any. I didn't have any quarters. Who jogs with quarters? So I tried to. I got back from this jog and tried to. This is and that's a great moment. Like you know, you're trying to exercise. So that's a, it's a, a perfect metaphor. The irony. And it was too perfect, and I couldn't remember anything about it. And it just came out as garbage. It was schlock, and then I gave it to the students, and they did better things with it than I He could. put in there uh, parrots squawking and, like, uh... It was bad. The, I didn't say it was good. Those, like, <laughs> we uh, read it. She sent it to us. She definitely showed this to us, and I was reading it, and I was like... This is actually so funny to me. I uh, honestly, he didn't give I us any explanation it. though, and so we're like, what is, what kind of parrot was like running next to you? Yeah. Poetry and, like, doesn't bo- always have to have an explanation. Okay, but we didn't understand <laughs> the so the White Pine Trail that I think runs up here mm-hmm. also runs like right by my house, and so that's where I go and. Like, so we could take a it. run to your house, sort of. You couldn't. How many you miles? Run right into it. Be a long run. <laughs> I feel like fifty. Might take a few days. <laughs> it depends on how how your marathon time. I feel is. like I could like figure out the exact location of your house and drive there quicker than I would be able to walk down that trail to your house. Oh yeah. Sounded a little little mm-hmm. scary. One one odd one bio I had I read that was like attached to something about you literally was like he lives this many miles east of Rockford or something and I was like that's such an exact location for like a bio. Sometimes they're oddly specific. Like one journal that I submitted to wanted to know how far mileage. That's probably where you saw it. How, how many miles I lived from the nearest Great Lake. Oh, was like the mm-hmm. and they because they only published poets working in the Great Lakes region. So they wanted to know the mileage to the closest Great Lake from where you reside. Like, and so it was like 38 miles east of Lake Michigan or something like that. Yeah. I feel like anywhere in Michigan counts though, right? They oh, yeah. Just say so like that's, well, it's like Michigan and Ontario and right. Wisconsin. And Wisconsin. <laughs> I've only been there once. Once? I For a soccer tournament. They had really good ice cream. Yeah, they do. And cheese curds. We drove 11 hours to get there, and then we beat the team 11-0, and I was like, what was this for, guys? <laughs> See, I just spent all my time as, my, as a child in Wisconsin, basically. I thought you were going to bring up the cheese uh, factory you went to. Seguin's? Go to Seguin's know. Cheese. It's the best. She spent $100 there. No, last that week. was in Frankenmuth. <laughs> That's the cheese house. I feel like we all have like good opinions <laughs> on this. So, like, well, yeah. What's your favorite cheese if you're like making a charcuterie mm-hmm. board? I like, hate cheese. Okay, well then I guess you can abstain from answering, Marissa. Cheese is a I devil. I am very kind of just like boring because I love aged like aged sharp cheddars mm-hmm. are my always my favorite. Mm-hmm. I like the white cheddars a lot more than just like the orange cheddars most of the time. I don't know if, if it even has like too much of a flavor difference or if it's just in my head, but I like the white cheddars better. But I also say I liked I like smoked gouda. Mm-hmm. These are good choices. Thank you. Have you tried Prairie Breeze? I just tried Brie for the first time the other day with Marissa, and she hates it. But I <laughs> thought it was delicious. You wanted? I was the no, person we don't that wanted to hear what you say. No, I won't say what I said because it's on the bad words. But we <laughs> went shopping, and I was like, "Let's go buy Brie." I remember eating it with a friend, and we ate all of it, and it was a good memory. And I was like, "Let's go buy some." We go and buy the exact same one. And I eat it, and I'm like, I don't know why. I like. I remember hating it now, but I just continued to eat it for no reason. Mm. 
I thought it was delicious. I was so disappointed with myself. In in wine country in California, they Mm. will get the... I hate wine, too. <laughs> Marissa is can, still... Can we just resume this conversation yes, without yes. Marissa? Yes. Marissa. Marissa has a few ticks where it, every once in a while she'll just, like... It just is automatic, and you can't stop it. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> wine country. They, you know, they'll take that, like, San Francisco-style sourdough oh. in a loaf, and they'll slice it like, a, like wheels, like spoke wheels, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Spokes on a wheel. And then they fill the spokes with brie, and then they bake it, that and you so tear good. it out of these. Ch- oh, it's I am sinful. actually it's so drooling, good. and uh, I'm gonna hop on a plane to California real quick. That's, but that yeah, weirdly enough, I've really started to like goat cheese, but it has to be like good goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Like I got some from the farmers market here, and that was pretty good. But I mean, like the other goat cheese I had was in France and it was amazing yeah. so you can't really <laughs> compare those two yeah, get fresh goat cheese on a pizza that's the way to go mm. yeah but there's also this place called the cheese lady in Traverse City super good mm-hmm. great cheeses all around it's a plug for my local Rockford cheese shop it's a, there's a good one down there too it's not as far away as Traverse City I think it's called the cheese shop <laughs> these stars are really creative I'm looking for, I'm looking for sponsors by the way <laughs> The Rockford Cheese Shop will work for tastings. Um, I was curious as to what would be, well, we can all talk about our favorite torch memories, but like for you, what's your favorite like torch memory as an event this year? You can limit it to this year if you want. He didn't really get any. What do you? Because he was only here for. Nothing happened this year? No, like he didn't get to be with us as much as like past advisors like well it doesn't have to be like like with people it could be just like stories or just like i don't know like whatever i don't know that's a good question um i think still my favorite torch memory is having never worked for the torch i had uh, the previous advisor had left and uh (laughs) before i had even sat down like and been given the keys to anything and the the previous provost had called me in for me <laughs> to talk about the swear words and i had to <laughs> i had to go back and read back issues of the tire fire which is the tor- the 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 dead or dying satire it's never dead the torch and defend like the use of <laughs> a great number of the words we're not allowed to say on on this <laughs> podcast uh before i'd even actually worked for one minute as the advisor um so <laughs> i feel i feel like it, it was a good start to my tenure to have to defend free speech before i even <laughs> did anything else um it was it was kind of a it was kind of an ambush and it was truly hilarious because i didn't i hadn't even signed anything yet to be the advisor so it's <laughs> like is this how it's gonna be for forever and then no i that was the first and last time i spoke with with and it's not our current provost so you'll be happy to know that next week's edition will contain a tire fire good why do you like dislike satire i don't in fact i love tasteful satire it's ah, one of, tasteful one of there the, we go one of the great american like news traditions i uh, mark twain i think was a, a, a the most famous satirist in, in maybe the world history and and what we write is not that 
And now we have the onion. <laughs> yeah, the onion is an, an incredible. I actually it, love the onion sometimes. I, do, I, I think it's terrific. And the things that they do, they use satire and they use it like a, a scalpel and they use it like a sledgehammer depending on what they're doing. Have you seen the posts they do after every mass shooting? They do. They write the same news story after every one, and it and it says, uh, "Mass shooting occurs. No one could have predicted this. There's no way to stop it." And they write the same story for every time it happens, and it happens. They publish it so frequently Mm -hmm. that it's like become a touchstone, basically. Basically, yeah, which is disgustingly awful. And the line is, I think the title is always, "Who could have seen this coming?" And and that's it. And they Mm -hmm. publish it like now. They publish it like five times in five weeks. Yeah, right. I think it's it's if they followed like the numbers, like that whatever official source is like can, like categorizing them as mass shootings, it'd be like over a hundred already this year, mm-hmm. like hundred and twenty seven like last week I think. And there are lots of like really funny satire pieces like McSweeney's and some stuff on the internet that's just terrific. And what we write is not that. I'm pushing for that because I do agree. I think in the past it's just been kind of like s-word post humor mm-hmm. um and like i never tried to write stuff like that my stuff was at i wrote like i think my favorite one i ever did <laughs> was during the faculty strikes in 2019 2018 and our dear president canceled every public um appearance that he had scheduled including his like annual founder's day speech because he didn't want the faculty to be there to strike and stand like and like protest like at his public appearances so he canceled like all of them for the first month and so i wrote a story about how he was missing in action and no one had seen him for like since the end of last semester and and it was really funny i thought and we got a great picture to go with it which is probably why he doesn't like me but uh, that that's something that i thought was funny that you know mm-hmm. wasn't just I remember my, like, only experience with Tire Fire was at the very beginning, or the very end of last year, when, or I guess the very end of in-person last year, when it was just, I think, me and a couple other people in the office, we won't (gasps) name names, but no one had written anything for the tire fire and it was too late to cancel it okay well in your guys's defense the tire fire person also quit like they never showed up that day never yes. got back to our messages nothing they just quit that day <laughs> and no one had written anything so we stayed in the office until probably 2 or 3 a.m just trying to fill things oh i would have called the pioneer and been like listen this ain't gonna happen so cancel it was <laughs> our this front page was the one with just the, the latin place. fill yes. text that i was gonna say <laughs> that's, that's actually so funny that's the funniest piece in the tire fire that we've had for two years and it like, was just the latin hilarious. fill text yeah I, that's the only time i've actually laughed out loud at a tire fire in my duration as advisor yeah. I, that was my idea. I like that, I, that was course. my one See, my one contribution. That's humorous. I think you have right? to have like really, like, you have to have the right people write it. Like it has mm-hmm. to be people who are like in touch with like current events yes. as well as just like having a sophisticated sense of humor and being able to communicate that. So I, I don't know. Yeah, you gotta. What would they say? Tap the zeitgeist without appealing to the lowest common denominator, which is a lot of words to say. Like, you need to be plugged in and 
and clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Um, I also wanted to do like a hot takes like section because I know you definitely probably have at least one hot take, and I think we all do. But I thought that would be funny if we speak for yourself. I have no opinions. Marissa, you have so many hot takes. You just don't realize they're hot takes. You just said you don't like cheese or wine. That's a very hot take. It's a pretty hot takes. I was deprived as a child. I'm lactose intolerant. I didn't get the I'm pleasure of lactose intolerant. Yeah, but you're new. <laughs> you're new to the world. Kaylin is like every other lactose intolerant person who just doesn't care yeah. and still eats the I'd cheese. I'd rather be punished and eat cheese. <laughs> I have a hot take. I want to hear it. Corey, you've already heard it. You hate it. Oh, God. <laughs> I think Marissa's heard it too, but my hot take is punctuation shouldn't always go within the quotation marks. It makes my eyes hurt. <laughs> in in Britain, it doesn't. Like, it is, if the punctuation is associated with the quote, then yeah, it goes inside the quotation marks. But if the period doesn't have anything to do with the, the quote, then why is it inside the quotation marks? I think you just nailed why we do that in America. Because they do it in Britain. <laughs> so we refused to <laughs> adopt that into our version of English. Aesthetically... I understand that it looks strange and feels strange, but it makes so much more sense. Makes my skin crawl. Just like Oxford commas. So what do you dislike about, like you don't like? Sometimes at the end, so there'll be like a quote put into like a sentence. So it's not just like the whole sentence is a quote. Partial quote. A partial quote. And people will put the ending the ending punctuation into that quote even if that's not the end of the quote sentence so you're saying like so it's basically exclamation points and question marks no like if there's like commas so like what if you're doing like a list of like quotes per se Mm -hmm. and you have the you have to do the commas obviously and people put them inside the quotes because the punctuation goes inside the quotes but Kaylin is arguing we should put it outside the quotes because it's not part of the quote so you're saying like three separate quotes in one sentence and you'd separate each quote with a comma outside of the quotation mark how often does that come up Way more it's, than you think. Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah. Not necessarily that it's, exact it's not, example. Yeah. Even if there's if there's like if there has to be punctuation in the sentence, and it happens to be at the end of quotation marks for whatever reason they are there, it goes inside. And but I don't Caitlin, like that. Kate, oh my gosh! I called you, Caitlin. Caitlin hates it. No, because it doesn't have any connection to the quote. So why are we putting it in the quote? Okay. I'll buy that. I mean, the com- you don't like the comma? Commas, periods, anything. I want them outside of the quote mm. if they don't have anything to do with the quote. If, like, they if do, yeah. if it's, like, part of the quote, then yes, I'm fine with it. But if it's not... Like, logically, I follow you, but then when I'm going to go write it and type it out, I will absolutely never do that. <laughs> I know. 
I'll never win, but I don't that's my will, hot no. take. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get the publishing industry to go along with you, I think you could win that one. That's my. That's gonna be my my mark that I leave on the publishing industry. Yeah, because I think like at the end of the day, like you just wouldn't give up, and they just be like, honestly, I don't care that much, so let's just do this. <laughs> all right, that's my goal in life. My one goal. Just start doing it in all your emails and things. <laughs> yes. To get it, you got to get to the point in your job where people won't correct you. It's like, well, she clearly knows what she's doing. So, and then then people start to emulate, and then yes. that's how you know. You've that's got how I I gotta rolling. change. I mean, you everything. got a perfect on the SAT, so I just like assume. I didn't get a, on the English portion. Only on the English portion. That's so impressive. That is no, impressive. I think I got like a thirty-four. <laughs> we don't talk about. That it. was the only good part of my that's SAT. That's the ACT. We took the SAT. Oh. I took both because yeah, same. Was, oh, yeah. so did I. I had to learn how to take two different standardized yeah, tests. Yeah, because they changed it literally the year that we went in, mm -hmm. and we've been preparing for the ACT our entire life. And then all of a sudden, we had to take the SAT. It was great. Do you want to go, Garrett, or should I go? You can go ahead. I don't know how hot of a take this is, but it's something that I just like feel very strongly about. Um, if you put more than a spoonful of creamer in your coffee, you're not drinking coffee anymore. And you don't actually, you're not a coffee drinker. Like, I if agree. you don't drink black coffee ever, you're not a coffee drinker. No, like, you like milk. That's yeah, hot. With a little bit of coffee. Who puts know, milk in there? That's not coffee. Except if you don't run on pure black coffee <laughs> and caffeine in your veins, we are not the same. So don't act like it. I'm sorry, I have to say, I don't run on coffee. You run on tea, and but that I run has, on tea. That has caffeine in it. Yes. I can't handle the amount of caffeine that's are, in coffee. Are we surprised <laughs> that the girl who wants to adopt the British punctuation system <laughs> runs on tea? Kaylin, where were you born, actually? <laughs> her aesthetic <laughs> is also cottage core. So. Check, yes. her, check her tasteful handbag for biscuits. <laughs> And, and check if she uses the word, the letter U when she spells favorite. <laughs> I do have to say that I also spell gray the British way. Okay, what is the right way to spell it then? Because I never see any consistency. Is it A or E? It's A in America and E in Britain. A, America, E, England. Gotcha. That works. I think in America you have to be careful with using the E because people are going to think you're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, where would you put the U in favorite? After the O? They do that a lot with like British English. They no, do like O U where we just do O. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, okay, I see you now. Do you have a hot take? Hot take. Um, like you got to give me a genre. I feel um, like his entire Twitter is hot takes. Basically, if you no, think about it, that's just like really like unique. The like emu limu in the uh, commercial. Yeah, what's that? What's the emu? He's not helping sell car insurance. I think I Marissa understand. would feel differently about this. What? That Mar large Mar birds that cannot fly. Somebody yelled at me for putting angel wings <laughs> on them. I didn't yell at you for the angel wings. The wings were disproportional to the ostrich, which already has wings. <laughs> you just put wings on its neck. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, give me a, give me something you. All right, what's a what's a hot take you have about food? Food hot take. Um, I don't think any restaurant makes nachos the right way. They what? make they make them too tall. 
Yes. And all the toppings are on the top. And so after the first inch, it's just chip. Like, what do, what do I want with a half plate full of chips for? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna proportion my <laughs> topping so there's more. What, I'm what gonna do you load mean? that up. So we need <laughs> wider. We it. need wider, not taller plates of nachos. That's like saying you're, you're not right. supposed to put ketchup on top of French fries because this, like the same thing goes with the cheeseburger. Don't give me this little thing that's like a foot wide. Give me a foot wide thing <laughs> that's like two inches tall. I don't understand it. Wait, I have a question. How do you feel about people who just kind of crush the nachos oh, together don't even give me started. Oh or the people who, who or the people who are microwaving their nachos you put them in the oven and you turn the broil on people no. stop microwaving your nachos we're in college <laughs> soggy chips man oh my gosh if you the eat broil soggy takes chips just as much time as the microwave and they're so much better i can't handle soggy chips you gotta broil your if nachos, you people. eat soggy chips with a straight face i am terrified of you <laughs> Are you and terrified please stay of me? very far away from me. Are get you yourself, me? get yourself some black Uh-oh. beans. Like work in some other things in there. Mm-hmm. Don't. It's it, like Tostitos and and. Uh, fun fact: That's when my friend named her shredded, bunny that died. Shredded whatever. Oh you God. gotta, you gotta, and and thirty seconds in the microwave does not constitute no a snack of any kind. <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Be be an adult. Okay, but like sometimes that is just get some other stuff really, on there. Uh, okay, but like, what if you don't have it? You, gotta, you can't you say. Put some I'm black not saying beans in the pantry. Just that's stock not. Up. That's not nachos in my opinion. That's just chips and cheese. And sometimes yeah. okay. that's all you need. All right, I hear you there. A little salsa. I'll not even out. salsa. Okay. Just the chips and cheese. I think that you need the beans. And I think it's a nostalgia like thing for me. And some sour cream, guac. Yeah, I I don't know. We always used to come home from soccer when we were kids, and just throw some chips and cheese in the microwave, eat that, yes. shower, go to bed. I don't know. It's nostalgia for me, but it's still good. You see, I used to just like melt cheese and then just dip crackers in it, but. I would never do chips. <laughs> what about the, the spray cheese? Remember no, that? That's oh not cheese. God, that's not real. That's a cheese-like byproduct. That's exactly. Just pure processed it does nothing. Taste okay though. <laughs> you guys will find that as you age and your metabolism slow down, <laughs> no, that you need to really make all of like your nacho-like food things count, and so you're not gonna you're not gonna waste your like delightful snack on chips and cheese you're gonna want to like step your game up a little bit i mean that probably applies to me now i just (laughs) you know whatever but do nachos count as a snack because i feel like for me nachos are a meal it depends it depends yeah Yeah, if it's it's chips and cheese that's a snack it depends on the proportions yeah i guess so like you can make an individual size snack portion but it's impossible to that. make the right size. I feel like every time I make nachos, it is way too big. Yes. Okay. I'm like, what have I done? If you broil Rookie the nachos, mistake. they can be reheated. I suppose. Toaster Rookie oven mistake. people. Also get a toaster oven. That should be your first out of college purchase. Toaster ovens are you'll never much. Eat. You don't have to have a microwave or a toaster then. You'll never eat a regular sandwich again. You'll just toast everything. Mm-hmm. I have a toaster oven. Yep. It's a quintessential college purchase. Um, how much time are we? I don't want to go too long. Four people to die. Okay. Um, what famous person would you have dinner with? And please don't pick Hitler. <laughs> GBSU. I, I'm saying, yeah. I, if I've learned one thing from the land turn, it's 
don't pick Hitler as the person you want to have dinner with. It's not because of, no. There's just, just no. There is no excuse. No, please. <laughs> My favorite day was when I, we came into class and you are just all giggly about oh, that. Man. I just like, he'd not talk about not even working for one day before you insert your own shoe in your mouth. Just like he had not, he had yet Haven't to coach. Haven't even seen the football field. Yeah, yet to coach a single snap and he was already. Did they keep him? Also, no, no he had to resign because it went national. No, ESPN did a story on it. Out too. He still got paid like probably $800,000 or something. Sidebar for, to that. This is another maybe hot take I have. I don't think Hitler was a good leader. He had a literal regime and propaganda and an army that controlled the entire country and what they thought. I don't really think he was that good of a leader. I just think he was a yeah a dictator who controlled everything. So that's my hot take. I don't think that's a hot take. But like people always bring him up and they're like, well, he was still a good leader even if he used it for like bad purposes. I'm like, no, he wasn't. Like at all. Nietzscheism might have questionable values. I don't know. I just don't think he ever belongs even in the he was a really bad like purpose like you know like he was an evil leader but he was still I don't think he belongs there even. No. He created but blow anyways, up dolls. continue. Um famous person. Or just like semi-famous. Semi-famous person. Okay. Um I think this is this was this, I and I'm gonna give myself credit for this because it's probably still the same person that I said when I was asked this question when I was a senior in high school, and it is still Jimmy Buffett, the famous cheeseburger in paradise. I think he's a genius. Like <laughs> he's brilliant, and he was like a beach bum that like made a few good songs and turned it into like a nine billion dollar empire. Of like, he owns an island that he lives on. I just want to know. How, like, I want the formula. I want to see if I could get that formula. I just would like everything that he has. Just like he does one concert a week for like three months, and he makes a billion dollars. And people are like, yeah, he's awesome. He just plays the same like twelve songs every time. And somebody asked him, "Was like, hey, are you ever get tired of playing Cheeseburger in Paradise?" He's like, "Are you, are you kidding? <laughs> like, it paid for the song, paid for everything that I have. Why would I ever be sad about having to sing that?" And that's to me the perfect. <laughs> like, I made a beautiful thing that people liked, and I'm just gonna keep doing it forever and ever, and they'll keep paying me to do it, and I'll just keep taking their money, and for the nine months when I don't have to pretend that. I love to do this over and over. And he, I guess he does. People, because people hoot for you for a thing that you wrote on a cocktail napkin in 1983. <laughs> you know that. So I would love to just because presumably it'd be like on his island or on yes, one of his of many it, sailboats where we'd have this dinner, Ew. catered by a Michelin star chef, and he'd give me the formula for for the Buffett plan and not Warren Buffett. Let me be really clear here. <laughs> I don't want the wizard from Omaha. I want the parrot. The parrot beach buffet. That's the one that I want. I think it just amazes me that it is just still working. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 2021, and it's 
still, still he's still works. out there he's like 75 years old and he still like <laughs> doesn't wear shoes and he just like he just does whatever yeah, he wants and he's just still out there and we all and, let him guys and and like young like 18 year olds are still buying tickets so it's like most people like old people because it's like oh, you're just going to have a good time and it's true like go and try go to a Jimmy Bob concert and try to have a bad time like you probably could if you were intent upon it, but like it doesn't take all that much of a turn. Just be like, you know, this isn't bad. <laughs> it's like somebody hands you a fruity cocktail and like a few beers. There's, there's like eight sixty-five-year-old women like dancing around like fools, and you're just like, you know what? This isn't bad. This is this is not the worst thing that I've ever been to. And and he can just do this. Like, after he dies, a hologram could keep doing this job and making the same amount of money. It's incredible. Uh, debt, if I wanted to more, you want a more serious answer? Uh, I wish that I could have met Mary Oliver, the poet, before she died. I would have loved to have had. She was in our poetry with, book. With Mary Oliver. She was in our poetry book, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I read her once. Mm hmm. Just a, a person with a lot of insight and i'd love to hear about her process mm -hmm. for me it would have been J.R. tolkien if i could meet him and just talk about language with him it would be crazy i i wonder about him a lot because he was a professor at oxford mm -hmm. and so i wonder it almost might be at such a high level that you'd be <laughs> and i like, wouldn't be able to understand any hey J.R. our <laughs> Can you tone it down for me for a second? Because I don't understand, like, all the fancy linguists. We'll stuff just, yeah, like, about. start talking, speaking in Elvish, and then... And he was a specialist on, I want to say, like, like one short segment of the alphabet or something like I that. I think so. Like a special some like, R and S or something in it, like, and I'm not, now I'm talking beyond my field of expertise, but he, <laughs> like, had this and and, like studied this linguistic pattern of this mm -hmm. very m minute thing so you know i wonder how much fun he'd actually be or if he'd be like the awkward guy sitting in the corner wasn't yeah, he like best friends guy sitting in the corner wasn't he best friends with uh two others lewis and i don't remember what the other one's name is yes yeah. lewis would probably be more fun probably yeah uh i would love to meet both of them but i know obviously that that's, that's lewis carroll it wasn't Lewis Carroll. No, but imagine. You want to meet Lewis Carroll? I think I'd be afraid. No, if we're picking people to meet, I'd meet One Direction. You have to pick <laughs> one people. <laughs> one people, Marissa. One Direction. All right. In real life, I'd probably <clears throat> meet, I'd want to meet Selena Gomez. And don't look at me like that. <laughs> I'll just look away. I love Selena Gomez. Um... My person who's still alive would be Candace Parker because she just absolutely owns Shaq on every Tuesday night when they, I think it's Dwayne Ways with them too, and they're just talking basketball on TNT, and all I see are just Twitter clips of her owning Shaq for his hot, his old old head takes on basketball because it's hilarious. So I just want to like meet her and be like. Let's talk, because <laughs> I want to hear it all. <laughs> and I don't really know if I have someone who's... Like, I wish I had, like, a writer that I'm like, oh, I want to meet them, but I just can't, like, think you of any... Read. I don't read enough. I mean, I used to. You should put Nellie Bly in there. Who? 
Millie. <laughs> Millie. <laughs> I'm uh, you know the 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 female reporter got herself committed to the mental institution. Oh yeah, 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 Were you yeah. Not yeah. paying attention and no, Fox's I class? just forgot her name. She's that like w- she's like the foundation of uh, um, that kind of no, um, in depth style of reporting. That would the be kind of. so interesting because I'm also like just terrified of like mental institutions like as they were in the olden days um shutter island was a nightmare to watch for me i was just terrified the entire time i hated it so that would be really interesting to hear about even though Mm -hmm. i'd probably just be scared the entire time yeah i think the the scare factor is why marissa is so intrigued by mental institutions i'm a witch No one knows what to say to her. <laughs> Continue. Anyways, um, I think we can end with why you wanted to be involved in student journalism and like kind of like how you've seen and it. And why we can't find a single article you've ever written. <laughs> you can't find anything I've ever written because I'm old. Yeah, you didn't know that we had microwaves in dorms now. I did not. Um, the... <laughs> You, I mean, you could. You'd have to drive to Indiana and, and get nifty with your archival work. But if you wanted to do that, you could. Um, I like teaching journalism. I think it has a clearly defined set of tools and um, a process that's teachable. Whereas it's very difficult to teach writing like period because it takes so many different forms after you graduate that thinking about like career centric writing for a classroom of mixed students means what resumes and cover letters which are dying and maybe writing reports but half the class will never write a report and maybe it's writing grant proposals and maybe 75% of a class will never write a proposal. So it's a little bit tough to justify for, for like the 150, 250. And it's important to do, but it's, it's harder to, to teach. And and that's why you'll find that, you know, every 150, 250, what's the advanced one, 311 or whatever class you take will be different because everybody tries to do what they think is going to be most useful. And that's different for every single person. And why there's so much disfact. Look at the, if you look at course evaluations for those courses, they're bad. It's like, this class is stupid. He's stupid. The class is stupid. I can't read his handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're mean and, and pointless uh, evaluations for the instructor. And, and journalism isn't like that, you know, because we can talk about interviewing and, 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 um, inverted pyramid and all these kinds of very straightforward skills Mm -hmm. and i can actually see people getting better at them throughout the semester which is cool and then they get involved with the torch and they get even better or worse somehow (laughs) uh but it's very cool to see people grow over the course of their time and i'm finally getting to to see some of that why i did in the first place was because there wasn't anybody else why didn't you stick with thing actually going to like a journalism (laughs) degree like a journalism job I did. I worked in journalism for a newspaper, and I just didn't like it. 
Why um, can't we find your articles? Because it's old. It's before the digital <laughs> age, Marissa. And, and I refuse to tell you which paper I worked for, which wouldn't help narrow Will you down. tell me nope. as a graduation present, as nope. a secret, if nope. I swear I nope. never tell... Are you... Nope, nope, nope. Okay, well, because you're being difficult about that, um, we have one more question, actually. Um, what's your advice for graduating seniors, a.k.a. specifically me and Caitlin? And Marissa. <laughs> Marissa, Marissa, you're not graduating. You don't know my life. <laughs> I'm not taking a swing at that one. Um, my advice would be not to feel that you need to do the first thing for the rest of your life. So don't be afraid to take a shot on something and don't be afraid equally if in a year or two or less you hate what you're doing. You Just because you started to do it right when you graduated does not mean that you have to do that for the rest of your life or for any extended period of time. There used to be this thing where if you hopped around jobs, it would make you look like you were a flight risk for hiring. And I think that's going away. I think more and more companies are becoming hip to the fact that young people will switch and move around a lot and they just need to be more flexible in terms of their hiring and things like that. Won't it still screw with my loans though if I want to get a loan? Well, you want to have a job <laughs> when you apply for the loan. Like, are you talking about like a uh, like getting a mortgage? I went to read study, so they didn't really teach me an- teach me anything. Okay. Well, yeah. When you apply for a mortgage, you have to show your bank statements for the last X amount. <laughs> I didn't know this was. True. <laughs> I feel like we, we have a class on mortgages, probably, and some things like that. Uh, Marissa, why don't we talk later if you want to that know more about mortgages? That is probably the mortgages. least expected thing I've ever heard come out of Marissa's mouth on a podcast, I, and that's saying I a lot. That's saying a lot. Be more informative for my students <laughs> on, on the process of home mortgaging. Um, yeah, I mean those things factor in, but yes, don't don't. I think if as long as you've got cons- don't. If, you, if that's something that you're concerned about, don't leave a job unless you have another job ready to go. Never, ever. Got three all at one time, just to make sure. There you go. Um, but, yeah, I, I think just because you got a degree in something doesn't mean you have to follow that straight line. And just because if you do follow that straight line, you find that you don't actually like it in practice doesn't mean that that's what you have to do forever. Um, especially with journalism, it's super flexible. With English, it's super flexible. So, uh, you know, try some things. And then try something else, and then try something else, and and you'll I think eventually find your way there. And um, the other thing I would suggest would be to no matter what you do, don't quit writing. You know you can freelance, or you can do you can do creative writing, or you can even just have in a journal. Um, I think that creative outlet is important, and the the further you move away from college, where you're encouraged and sometimes required to be creative and, and exercise that outlet. When that when you become an adult and nobody cares anymore what you think about things, you see what happens. You see what happens when people have to get on the internet. You keep wondering like, why, why is everybody so crazy on Facebook that's old? It's because they don't have an outlet for any of their thoughts anywhere else other than these places. So you need to do things and that, that are gonna encourage your um, creativity as well as as fulfill you and and that may come from your work and it may not and if it doesn't you need to have something else that keeps you going and that's going to look like something else for everybody but that those additional 
you call them a hobby, call it, you know, a pastime, call it a second job, call it whatever you want, volunteering. Um, but you're going to need something that can keep you going. And if that's just your job, that's, to me, is dangerous. And I know that's probably not right, right? Do what you love. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. We'd all, like, there's a reason there's a million people in sports communication and 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 video game design. And then, you know, we don't have a 100% placement rate. And even the people that do get jobs like, man, I don't really like this anymore. So... If you're passionate about those things, there's a way to stay engaged with those passions without you having to to make 100% of your life's pay out of those. So just something to keep in mind, I guess, as you go forward. Easier said than done, but the, the earlier you start cultivating those habits independently, the easier they're going to be to keep them going. I feel like we've asked you a lot of questions. Do you have any questions for us? Um, yes, Kaylin, when is your wedding? It is June of 2022. And is it at a cottage? <laughs> it is not, unfortunately. That's a shame. Uh, but I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Do I get to meet your boyfriend at some point? Fiance. Fiance. I fixed it. Yes, at some point, okay. I assume so. Maybe at the wedding, perhaps? Yeah. Then you make have to sure give I'm, her the address. Make sure I'm early on on your list. <laughs> I say once you graduate, you're welcome to become my friends. But I don't want to have anything to do with that until you're graduates. Uh, let me see. Oh, did you ever hear back from that job? Uh-oh. Yes. Sadly, <laughs> I did not get it. We both wrote her the best references Thank I have so ever much. read in my entire life. And he was like, Thank you so much. This was so helpful. Um and then didn't hire her and I was like what else did I have to say like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down to Ann Arbor and we should go protest at the office take his car <laughs> TP the office he was very nice about the rejection though that's good some people just won't even tell you that yeah. you're not I mean anymore. it I took found... a while it was like two weeks before I finally got any back I was starting to get kind of frustrated but... do you want to hear something funny but also sad <laughs> Uh -oh. In the fall, when I was applying to all these internships, like, I mean, I went big, you know, like mm -hmm. Seattle Times, Chicago Tribune, all those. I found out I didn't get them because I follow so many sports journalists that they were all liking the announcement posts of people who did get them. And so they would just slip into my timeline like once a week like mm -hmm. happy to announce i'm being sports intern for seattle times and i was like all right didn't get that one <laughs> yes i have applied for many penguin random house jobs and <laughs> somehow i have gotten probably at least like 50 rejections from them and I don't think I applied that many times but I just keep getting more rejections they just they BCC everybody that's ever applied every time they send out rejections keep getting more and more rejections and I'm like oh here's another rejection from Penguin Random House I didn't know I applied for that position yeah you'll keep getting rejections I have a spreadsheet of all the times I've been rejected for my creative work and it's over 700 rejections that's I very that michael jordan boys. of you you just keep it oh i love it i and took I have, that personally and i have how nice they were with their rejections you have a rating that's scale actually really I, such, I got, yeah that's such a good like thing to keep in mind if especially as a professor because then it's like 
if you have students in the future who are like, hey, should I do any like publisher suggestions? You're like, don't do this one. Yep. <laughs> I have a very, I have a very long digital memory of all the people that have spurned me. <laughs> should I ever make it big? I'll be knocking on each one of their doors. <laughs> He's literally no. This is literally Michael Jordan of poetry yeah, <laughs> type. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Tim House. (laughs) (laughs) You really dropped the name here. You sound shade. Um, Cora, will you send me barbecue sauce from Kansas City? Yes. Okay. Also, beer if you want it. If I find, I'll send you my favorite brew or just bring it back. Yeah. So I don't know if you can mail that. You can, but you have to lie at the post office and say it's not a That's pretty easy. Yeah. (laughs) I always feel bad about it, too. I have cousins (laughs) and we would be shipped beer to one another. And they'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like <laughs> these giant things, and, and it's one bottle, you know, it's like the big one, and it'd be like sloshing around, and I'd put it up on the counter, and you just look the guy dead in the eyes, and he looks you dead in the eyes. Is there any liquid in here, sir? You're just like, no. <laughs> and I've like taped it a thousand times, and he's just like, he's like, you just squint. All right, I'm sorry, United States Postal Service, I will stop sending liquids. <laughs> Oh, the FBI will be waiting at my house. <laughs> DeJoy's goons waiting for me. Um, okay. Uh, what? Uh, well, I do want to... I'm assuming you'll do like a parting thoughts podcast, right? Um, yes. This was, I don't... Uh, will we? You should, do, yes. you should do a thing. This was, you should yeah. do it. You should do it. Because this was, this was about me. And you should get one more shot at the mic. Where you, I think you should leave some people with your with your final thoughts on your tenure here. All right, we'll make a plan for what, next week? I don't have any finals because I'm a journalism major, so let's send it, baby. I'm an English major. (laughs) (laughs) This time next week? I'd tune in for that. You tune in for all of them. That's true. It's part of your job. Well, he'd have this one saved in his his Spotify. He's going to like that podcast and listen to it. Whenever he feels like he's losing hope in his students, he's going to come back to this podcast and be like, I did something good once. At one point in time, yes. (laughs) Well, this was fun, kids. Yes, thank you for being our very special guest today. Well, you got to pick an emoji. No, I'm not doing that. I don't believe in emojis. I found a way to get the emoji button off of my phone. What? Yeah, yeah you, you just you take can, off your keyboards. You can take well, it off. yeah, but why? It's been great. It's been very freeing. I would accidentally click it when I was reaching for the the other the numbers button that was next to it, and I was becoming frustrated. So I figured out how, how to get rid of it. All right. In your honor, we will not have an emoji Thank for this. I was going to say, do like, the white no, man with the put brown in hair, text, the mustache, text in the office chat, and just type out. No emoji. No emoji. <laughs> and we will know what that means. <laughs> and everyone else will be confused. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>